Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Bosho. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Come on, give our Lord Jesus a mighty praise today because you can, amen. Come on, we have a privilege today, South Africa, all over Africa to worship our God. People in Ukraine, people in Russia, people in other parts of the world cannot worship Him as we are freely this morning. Come on, give Him your biggest praise because He's worthy this morning. Hallelujah. I want to say this this morning. You know, I sense the tremendous presence of God here this morning. And as we sing that song, I will defend this holy ground. I understand that we're talking about our lives, but we're also talking about the faith. That we will stand our ground for generations to come. And this is a critical hour in our world where there's an onslaught against the church of Jesus like never. Listen. I flew back from LA this week. Last Sunday I preached there. I was more in the air than in in Los Angeles. But a great conference. Many hundreds and hundreds got saved. But here's the deal. For the first time in the history of America, the church is not the number one influencer. This is what COVID has done. There are other voices that are now setting the culture, the morality. And here in Africa... I was watching one of the great bishops in Nigeria and I said, thank you, Jesus, because the people of Africa, we still hold on to this holy ground and we are not going to be corrupted by the spirit of this age. Come on. And we are going to fight for generations to come. And we are going to stand for our children's children's children. And we are not going to allow the politicians of this world and the rulers of this world, come on, to dictate to us in Africa. We will defend the faith. We will hold the faith. We will keep the faith. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Come on, say amen in the name of Jesus. This is not a game. We are not just having a religious moment. We are making a statement as we stand in the presence of God that we will defend this holy ground. And I wanna ask every politician, we have many in our church and people who watch on TV and and I'll welcome you now. And I, I know the state of disaster will be lifted, but I am totally unhappy and in total disagreement with the new rules that you want to pass, that people have to prove that they are vaccinated before they can come to church. We will not allow that. And I ask every pastor in South Africa to stand against this. We will not discriminate against people and we will not stop people from worshiping God on the basis of a stupid vaccination certificate. Everybody is welcome. Listen, Department of Health. And listen, every pastor and every preacher. I'm not a rebel. But I am a rebel with a righteous cause. And I'll tell you something, Jesus never kept the leper out. Jesus allowed the leper to come. And we will not allow the politicians of this age and the people of this world to divide us based on masks 
and based on vaccinated or not vaccinated. We are the people of God and this is holy ground and we will worship the Lord our God. Come on, in spirit and in truth, say Amen in Jesus' Name. So don't ask me, am I a vaxxer or an anti-vaxxer, please. Use your brain. Um, but I will not discriminate. Nothing like God's presence. The church is a place where God's presence is honoured above everything else. So please, I know we have many influential people in our church. Use your influence. Don't sit on the fence. Because we'll pay the price like America is. The churches are empty. Because people did not stand their ground. Listen, it's not a game. We're not here to defend the values of this world. So welcome this morning. I love you all. Thank you for being here. Amen. Welcome TBN, TBN, here to One Gospel Praise TV, Facebook Live, YouTube, CRC Online, Correctional Facilities, Churches all over Russia still with us. Great to honor. We love you. We send love to you, not to your leader, but to all of you. We send love. Israel, America. Okay, to your leader as well. Europe, India, Pakistan, China, and Africa. Come on, take your seat in heavenly places. We only have a moment. What a wonderful presence of God here this morning. And uh, you are all amazing to see so many thousands here on a long weekend. That is absolutely amazing. Welcome to the many thousands in Bloemfontein. In Lady Brownies, London, George, Clarkstorp, Nelspray, Peter Marysburg, Potsdam, Struham, and Port Elizabeth. My message this morning, very simply to the point, who told you? <laughs> well, if you're married, you better have, have I told you lately? Who told you? Genesis 32, verse 22, the Bible says, and he arose that night, that's Jacob, and took his two wives. Well, one is enough. Amen. These two female servants, his 11 sons, so some of you better get busy, and crossed over the fort Jabok. And he took them and sent them over the brook and sent over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Somebody lift your hand this morning and say it. Say, I will not let you go. Say it. I will not let you go, Jesus, unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? He said, I'm Jacob. And he said, your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have struggled with God and men, and you have prevailed. And Jacob was saying, tell me, what is your name? I pray, and he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen the face, or God face to face, and my life is preserved or my life is changed. This morning, God is going to change somebody watching on television, somebody sitting in this place. God is gonna change your identity and that means God is gonna move you into the destiny that He has for you. This man 
is actually an angel, is actually the pre-incarnate Christ, Jesus in the Old Testament, that comes to, to, to Jacob. Jacob is at a low place in his life. And he asks Jacob, who are you? Says, I'm Jacob. His answer is pitiful. The name Jacob means I'm a supplanter, I'm a cheat, a deceiver, a liar. And that's how Jacob lived from his mother's womb to swindling his brother out of his birthright. He lived up to the label that was placed upon him. And I want to tell you, my brother and my sister, until we don't see ourselves for who God made us to be, we are never going to take our place in this life the way God meant for us to take our place in this life. So my message this morning is, who told you? I don't want to go into culture this morning, but uh, I think Pastor Don did a good job on that last week. Amen. Who told you, Jeremiah, that you are too young? Who told you, Caleb, that you are too old? Who told you that you should not have big dreams, hopes, and expectations of a better life? Who told you that you will not amount to much in life? Who told you that you are not as bright as your sister or one of the other siblings? Who told you that you are not going to do great things in life? Who told you that you are just like your father? And not meaning that every father is bad. Who told you that you are not beautiful, little girl? And it caused you to have an eating disorder. Who told you that there is something wrong with you? Who told you that you are just somebody average? Who told you that you lack something in some area of your life? Who told you that you cannot change? Who told you that you cannot be restored? Who told you that there is not greatness on the inside of you? Well, I'm here to change that this morning. And I'm here to tell you what God says about you because words are so powerful and the words that speak or people speak over us, especially those authority figures in our life, carry tremendous weight. I'll never forget as I walked into a principal's office with one of my children and I raised them and I knew exactly what their gifts and their talents were. And that principal who was the God of his office sacked and he looked at my child, one of them, and he looked at the report card and he said to that person, I must be careful now. He said, you are just an average child and you will just be average and you will never do anything greater than average. Listen, the anger of a father rose up in me and the Word of God rose up in me. And I looked at that child's face, how that little face just dropped as that principle in authority said to that person that you are just average. I walked that person out of the office and I said, listen, there's nothing average about you. You are the most beautiful, the most wonderful, the most special child. They are just too dumb to evaluate your true brilliance. And I'll tell you, look at each one of my children. They are not average. They are excellent. They are not at the bottom. They're at the top. So those words, could have been a defining moment. 
But that child had a dad to sit that child down and to say again and again and again, there's nothing average about you. You are fearfully, you are wonderfully made. You are beautiful. You are righteous. You are an eagle. You are going to do great things for God. Come on. I'm saying to somebody, somebody somewhere told you that you are average. I'm telling you, I break that curse over your life. And I say you are an eagle and you are going to soar to the greatest heights that you ever thought possible. Come on, if you believe it, jump to your feet and give Jesus a praise. Hallelujah. Oftentimes it's not the enemy out there that stops us from our destiny, but it is the inner me. The inner struggle, the inner thoughts, the inner battles that we have like Jacob had. That's why he's wrestling with a pre-incarnate Christ. He's sick and tired of being sick and tired. He's sick and tired of being a deceiver. He needs change. That's what we spoke about at the beginning of this year. We need to get into God's presence and allow God to change us. And sometimes that means we need to get on the potter's wheel and we need God to flatten certain things in our lives. We need God to rearrange certain things in our lives. We need God to remove what He has to remove. We need God to break what He has to break so that God can rebuild us and remold us into what He predestined us to be. Come on, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So the angel touches Jacob and he says, no longer shall your name be sinner. No longer shall your name be nobody. No longer shall your name be mediocre. No longer shall your name be average. Because you see, my brother and my sister, people never rise beyond their own expectations and beliefs. And this is Jacob. He's tired of living up to the label placed upon him. And he's smart enough to recognize God. He's tired of his addiction. He's tired of his brokenness. He's tired of his depression. He's tired of the struggle he's facing. And he wrestles with God. Sometimes it's a season where you come into God's presence and you press into God. And God begins to change something on the inside of you. He begins to shift something on the inside of you. And when that shifts, everybody on the outside can see it. And I want to say to you, we are all a work in progress. We are maybe not what we want to be, but thank God we are not what we used to be. Say Amen in Jesus' Name. God started the work and God will finish the work in Jesus' Name. So the angel touches Jacob and he says, No longer will your name be called Jacob. From now on, you will be Israel. You will be a prince with God. And you will prevail in Jesus' name. So our identity is really not in people's opinions. It's not in our mistakes, our flaws, our failures, our mishaps in life. But it's in what God did for us 2,000 years ago through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Think about Jabez. A label placed upon him. His mother calls him one that causes pain. Would you like that name? But J.B. says, no, I'm not going to be what people say I am. I'm not going to be a product of my upbringing. I'm not going to be a product of my past. I am going to break out. So what did J.B. do? He did what Jacob did. He cried out to God. He wrestled with God. And Jacob called on God of Israel saying, Oh, that you would bless me, Lord. Indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil. 
that I may cause no pain. Because his name literally means the one that brings pain. Some of you are in a cycle where what you are trying to get away from, you are bringing into your present and then into your tomorrow. Because of a label placed upon you, whether it's an experience, an opinion, a broken relationship. I want to tell you that God wants to change your name. He wants to touch you. He wants to remove your shame and heal your pain. And take away your depression and fill you with joy and put a garment of praise upon you. Come on and take you out of the grave and put you in heavenly places where you are seated in a place of victory. Oh, come on. Give Him a praise offering in this place this morning in Jesus' Name. Think about Peter when Jesus comes to him in Mark chapter 3 verse 16. He says, no longer will your name be Simon, but you will be called Peter. Why is Jesus doing that? Because Simon means read like one that is easily influenced. A reed that is maybe pointing to his character, that he needs him to be a rock. That's what Peter means, a little rock. But Simon is a reed. And Jesus says, no, no, no. You are not a sinner, you're a saint. You're not a nobody, you're a somebody. You're not a failure, you're a success. You're not somebody that's not gonna make it. You are gonna make it. You're not somebody that's not able. You are well able. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you in Jesus' Name. So he changes his name to Peter, which in the Greek means stone. It means you're a rock. It doesn't mean you are stoned, amen. In the Aramic, it means concrete. It means to be victorious. So Jesus saw who Simon was meant to be. And He began to call him, not Simon. He called him Peter. What do we do? We speak to people's mistakes and people's flaws and we say what they are and we tell our children who they are. You are rebellious. You are, you are uh, um, not excelling. You're not accelerating. What should we do? We should use the power of our faith and we should speak to their future and speak to their hearts and speak to their destiny. We should speak to this nation. We should speak to the heavenlies in the name of Jesus Christ that you are not a Simon. You are a Peter. You are reliable. You are dependable. You are strong. You are not a reed. You are a rock. You are not a mistake. You are a miracle. You are not a nobody, you're a somebody. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah in Jesus' Name. You're a rock. You're a new creature. You're not what people say. You no longer have to hold on to your hang-ups and shortcomings. You are no longer defined by your past mistakes and your failures. You no longer have to carry your hurts your rejections, your past abuse, your emotional baggage, your anger, your unforgiveness, your bitterness, your resentment. Because when you hold on to that, that becomes you. You become Mrs. Bitter, 
Mr. Angry, Mr. Nasty, because something happened and you allowed what happened to define you. And this is Jacob. Jacob is living like a deceiver. You can study his life. Imagine calling your child deceiver, supplanter. I always ask people when they name their children, what does the name mean? Because that name is what you are going to speak over that child for the rest of that child's life. Every time you say Peter, oh, somebody's going to call their next baby Peter. You say rock, you say reliable, you say trustworthy, you say concrete, you say victorious in Jesus' name. So let me tell you who you are. You are who God says you are. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become righteous. Verse number 9, it says, You are an ambassador for the kingdom of God. Verse 21 says, You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So you're not this little sinner. You talk to people in Afrikaans, and say all the few, Pastorik is my renitige sonder. Nia, nia. No, you are not a sinner. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Come on, you hail from God. You are born from above. You are above sin. You are above temptation. You are above this world. You are in this world, but you are not of this world. You are born again, washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. You are sanctified. You are set apart. You are holy. You are righteous. You are accepted. Even if your husband rejected you, Jesus says you are accepted. You are His beloved. Shout Amen. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 1 John 4 verse 4 says you are of God. Even if your mother says I don't know who your father is. Or maybe you were adopted into a family. Maybe you don't know what your past is. And that's why I tell people it's not your culture that defines you. And we honor our ancestors, but we don't worship our ancestors. Can I have a loud amen in this place today, okay? We all hail from one blood. You want to see a confused nation, you better go to America. If you want to see a confused city, you must go to Los Angeles. Where every issue of the day is what controls people. And the church has lost its voice because the church will not address that you are not black, you're not white, you're not colored, you're not Asian. You're a human being. You're created in the image of God. So I preached it in America and I said, I'm going to preach it in South Africa so I better say it and I'll say it to you today. Who told you that you are white? Who told you that you are black? Who told you? Your mama told you. But the fact is no baby wakes up and they believe, well, I am an Afrikaner and I'm better than somebody else or I'm, or I'm a causer, I'm better than somebody else. All those things have some truths in them, not that you're better, but we don't celebrate our culture. We celebrate Christ in our culture, amen. We celebrate Christ through our culture. We don't lose our identity because of our culture. We celebrate our diversity, but above that, we celebrate our identity in Christ because Simon is who you are in the flesh. Peter is who God makes you to be in the Spirit. So if any man be in Christ, 
He is a new creature. Come on, woman, shout amen. You are a new creature. And I, I, I want to say this because I'm going to preach this Christ hope of glory in, in your new identity. There is no limitation. There is no restriction. There is no um, bondage. There is no depression. There is no unhappiness if you walk in who God says you are. And respect to the doctors, but let's be careful to diagnose people and say you are depressed and you're going to be depressed for the rest of your life. Tell that person you're going through a difficult time. Your serotonin levels are depleted. Uh, but we are going to help you get back to full recovery. Can I have an amen from the doctors in this place in Jesus' name? Come on. We're not going to tell you this is who you are for the rest of your life. No, no, no. We're going to do what we can and we're going to find the help of God and we're going to get you out of your depression. We're going to get you back into joy. I said we're going to get you back into joy. We're going to get you back into joy. We're going to get you back into joy. We're going to get you back into your freedom because it was for freedom that Christ has set you free. Who told you who you are? You're a new creature. 1 John 4 verse 4, the Bible says, you are of God. That means you hail from God. You are born from God. Not by the will of man, but by the will of God. So you're alive at this hour because God predestined you. And if God lives in you, it means God predestined you for greatness, for victory, to overcome. To be above, to succeed, to be fruitful, to multiply. Say amen. Says you hail of God, little children, and have overcome them because He who is in you is greater than who is in the world. That depression, that fear, that anxiety, that worry. He who is in you is greater. So I'm telling you that you are going to overcome because you are born from above. Come on. You are a child of God. You are a daughter of God. You have God living on. Oh, come on, girl. You have God living on the inside of you. You may not know what the future holds, but He's going to lead you. He's going to guide you. He's going to walk you through your valley. He's going to get you where He called you to be. Come on. No longer shall your name be Jacob. No longer shall your name be Jabez. No longer will you be a Gideon, acting like the weakest of the least. But you will be a mighty man. You will be a mighty woman. You will be a Caleb. You will be strong of faith and full of the Holy Ghost like a Stephen. You will be who God says you are, because that's who you are. Shout Amen in Jesus' name. 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 says, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. <laughs> David and I sat on the plane uh, flying from London to LA and next to a famous actress, okay? But we never recognized her because it's not my thing. And she was looking at us all the time. Don't you want to recognize me? 
Don't you want to recognize who I am? I thought, okay, you must be someone important. But I don't know who you are. That was a big deal for her. Well, it should be a big deal for you as well that you don't know who you are. Because it really doesn't matter what people think about you. It matters what you think about yourself. It doesn't matter how people see you. It was like this woman was going to have an identity crisis because we were not in awe of this famous actress and maybe wanted an autograph. Because I don't follow Hollywood. I follow the Holy Word. Amen. It really doesn't matter. Oh, come on, church. We are not going to allow this world to shape our culture and to shape the culture of our beliefs. And I saw in LA what even shocked me and I've seen everything all over the city. That's why we cannot allow what is happening in our education system. We have to defend this holy ground while we can. We have to defend the education that they want to force down our children's throats. We have to get involved and say no. We will not have this confused rubbish that comes from America pollute our children in South Africa. We will not allow this liberalism to confuse our children in South Africa. We will hold on to the Word of God. Come on! There's a lot of you that are in places of influence. Stop sitting on the sideline and use your influence to protect the faith in South Africa. To protect the future of the children in South Africa. Stop your silent Christianity. There's a lot at stake here. There's enough challenges to not allow that nonsense in our country. To confuse our children at the age of six, seven and eight. You know what I'm saying is the truth. We're not going to become sleep asleep. Oh, I loved watching that Nigerian pastor. He just said it as it is. He just said it like it should be told. Not one of these flaky prophets, but a man of great credibility, 80 years old. And he said, no, no, no. We're not allowing that in Nigeria. Come on, where are the pastors that will stand up in South Africa and talk to this education department and say, no, 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 you will not, we will not allow your confused liberalism to come and pollute the minds of our children. We say no. It will allow us the freedom to educate our, our children and we will build schools like the missionary did back in the day without your f- pollution. I think some of you just need to go see what your children are being taught at school. Stop acting ignorant. Get involved on the school board. Let your voice be heard. Say no to the spirit of the Antichrist. Defend the values that brought you where you are today. Say amen.
I'll say it again. You maybe just need to get out of your holy bubble and then go to Los Angeles, which is one of the most liberal cities in the world, and see the chaos and confusion on the streets. Everywhere. Because of a political agenda and a Hollywood agenda that dismantled the values that made that nation great. And today that's not a great country any longer. It's Africa's time. Listen, I said it's Africa's time. Come on. Black and white, it's Africa's time. We are not going to allow powers outside of Africa to dictate to us how we raise our children in this country. Oh, shout amen in Jesus' name. It's things I know I can't say from this platform. Not things God showed me, but things I know politically behind the scenes. People that fund our education with conditions to bring their liberalism, their theology, the Antichrist doctrine to our schools. It's not okay. It's not the time for gentle Jesus, meek and mild Christianity. That feel good Christianity got America in the mess that it is today. Because nobody would stand up and speak up for truth. Everybody just wanted more money, a better car, a better lifestyle, and they thought that's what Christianity is about. It's not. It's about Christ. It's about the purpose of God. It's about the kingdom of God. It's about the glory of God. It's about securing the future for generations yet to come. Listen, if we don't stand as a generation, who's gonna stand for these young people? So the fight is not black against white. If you still fight that war, you are lost. Best thing that you can do is give up the ghost and go to heaven. This is not a battle between black people and white people. It's a battle between light and darkness. So stop fighting for culture. And fight for this holy ground. Are you listening? I have to close. You're a chosen generation. The church is one generation away from failure. You're a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation talking to God's people, the church. You're His own special people that you may proclaim His praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Who were, who were once not a people but are now the people of God. Hallelujah. The greatest honor. I'm a child of God. Come on. I don't belong to this world. Come on. I'm a chosen generation. Come on. I'm God's special people. Come on. That means my brother and my sister, you are special. You are special. 
You are special. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are created in the image of God. I don't care what anybody said to you on TBN. You are special. You have a future. You have a hope. You have a God who is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? I love you. Come on, stand up for God in your world wherever you are. God bless you. Come on, give the Lord a praise all over this place. Hallelujah. People don't want to stand up because they fear rejection. We're not going to get the job done wanting to be popular. You stand for God, God's going to stand for you. You stand among your circle of friends and people still tell racist jokes 28 years later in this South Africa. Say, whoa, 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 whoa. There's no place for that nonsense any longer. Not if you use the intelligence God gave you to assess what is happening in the world. And understand what should be protected now is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what the name is outside. It's the church of Jesus. We need to stand united and together and we need to defend the faith. Defend this holy ground. Defend the middle ground. Defend the pillar and truth of the pillar of truth, the voice of truth. The first time in the history of America, the church is not the number one influencer in that nation. The first time in the history of America, Christianity is not the number influencer. Now it is Hollywood and the social media influencers that spit all nonsense. You cannot watch a television show, a, a ch child show, and you watch the values that are trying to be forced on children to be normal. That which was abnormal is now deemed normal. It is the spirit of this age that is wanting to take light out of our communities. And if we don't stand now in South Africa, I'm not a prophet of doom, I've said it. People aren't listening. This COVID time, when church leaders refused to stand, we lost a lot of ground. If they don't stand now, I'm gonna be okay. My generation's gonna be okay. Because we're born for battle, we're strong, we, we're resilient. We've come through a lot of things. Nobody's gonna bully us and push us into a corner. It's just not happening to this generation. I don't care who you are, how big you are, how great you are. We will not be bullied into um, a draconian submission. It's not happening to us. But if we don't use our influence and our power that we have now in the positions that God placed us, Christians, and we just think it's okay for everything to be passed, then the generations, your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, should Jesus tarry, will pay the price. So there's no more sideline Christianity, sitting on the fence Christianity. I've just seen what has happened to a nation because of a materialistic, self-centered, egotistical gospel that has been preached, where it's all about you, you, 
you, you, you, you and you. And nobody challenges or confronts everything. Anything. I spoke about normal things like racial division. The pastors came to me afterwards and said, we've never heard this. Nobody addresses this. Nobody addresses it. Is the church not the holy ground? Is the church not the light, the salt? And if we lose that, what hope is there for those people out there? Let me tell you, they are but a few, but they are not silent. The church are many. More are with us, but we are silent. We are weak. We refuse to stand up. Why? Wherever you are, whoever you are, time to push back. Time to stand up. Time, I said it's time to stand up. It's time to stand up. Come on there in the farming community. Let's not fight our black brothers. Let's unite. Let's stand together. We are fighting for our Christian future. I'm not over dramatical this morning. We are fighting for the future. We are fighting for the future of Christianity in South Africa. Come on, let's stand to our feet and we declare we will defend this holy ground. We will defend this holy ground. Come on, Christian, in the name of Jesus, we will defend this holy ground for our children and our children's children's sake in the name of Jesus. And we will see the greatest revival because when the enemy comes in, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord is going to lift up a standard against Him. But we have to stand as God's chosen people. Light shining in the midst of a crooked and a perverse generation. This is our time to arise and shine. Our light has come. Come on, let's declare it. Let's make up our minds where God has placed you in a place of influence. I will defend this holy ground in the name of Jesus. Come on. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.